Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, which is a lifestyle brand focused on ladies who love the great outdoors. Through the website and social media platforms, it offers a safe space where the ladies can share their pictures, stories, wild game, and fish recipes, plus news articles about conservation and hunting perspectives. I've been a team member for two years, and I highly recommend it. You can learn more at realcamogirl.com and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other supporting platforms. We are 13 episodes deep into District of Conservation. Thank you all for listening each week providing your feedback and i hope you guys enjoyed episode 12 with alan luck of the american sport fishing association we had a lot of buzz from the people in certain commercial fishing industry interests who didn't like what he had to say so that was very interesting and they've been begging me to have a debate have them on unfortunately they don't really cater to this niche for podcasts maybe i'll host an entertain a debate in the future but uh, it was interesting response and I'm glad we provoked some thoughtful conversation. So that was very interesting feedback uh, with respect to last week's episode. So I hope we get more buzz going forward. But today I'm going to be dipping into Giving Tuesday and explaining what you should be considering, which groups you should be supporting and how you should go about putting conservation dollars at work. With it being Giving Tuesday, I thought it would be appropriate to discuss what value conservation groups offer, especially today and and every day of the year uh, through their work for habitat and wildlife restoration efforts. There's so many groups, there's so many organizations worthy and deserving of your financial support, whether it's a simple membership or perhaps donating larger tracts of denomination of money to certain individual groups. But If you're curious to have kind of my take as to what should go into deciding whether or not to put money towards conservation efforts and certain conservation efforts, I want to break down and demystify any confusion perhaps that you may have. Or if you're teetering around what groups you want to support, you're unsure who backs these groups, who funds them, who their bundlers are, their donors are. It's like what you want to know whenever you donate to a campaign or a political candidate for office. Uh, there's that same tricky gray area, that uncertainty that also goes in with donating to nonprofits. So Giving Tuesday, as you guys know, has been advertised widely. It is usually the Tuesday succeeding Thanksgiving. You have Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and yesterday we had Cyber Monday. And then uh, to entertain and kind of appeal to nonprofits, people devised several years ago Giving Tuesday, hashtag Giving Tuesday. And given that we're a very generous country. I think people are very, very generous with the money that they allot to various organizations. People donate out of the kindness of their heart, their genuine interest to see a cause promoted, good or bad. We like to use our free will to voluntarily donate and support causes that are giving back and making a difference. The same application can also apply to conservation groups because there are so many groups out there and 
you're not going to be forced to support one or another wherever you apply your dollars. You should see your money at work and the groups that I'm going to discuss later after explaining a methodology for picking and choosing groups, I'm going to explain those who are using your conservation dollars the best that are actually giving back, encouraging participation, and really making a difference to support and enhance hunting, fishing, and conservation opportunities in this country because we want to support the good groups that are really doing a good job that may not get the proper attention in their due. So I want to use this podcast to explain that. Before I list off the groups, which I think are deserving of your support. And these are going to be some groups that I actually am a member of that I pay money into and then some that I do not, but perhaps will join sometime down the road, but definitely support their interests. I want to talk about what you can do for Giving Tuesday uh, to help with the process of elimination when you're deliberating groups to support. And it's confusing. It's a difficult thing to navigate. And maybe because I'm political in nature, I'm more highly suspicious of certain groups that preach conservation. I'm very selective as to what groups I support. I look for if they're definitely pro-hunting, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-habitat wildlife restoration efforts. And there are many groups that have a lot of crossover. And some groups that you think may not have crossover that actually do. And then there are some groups that preach that they support the right to hunt and fish, but then they get financial backing from groups that do not support those interests, especially recreational hunting and fishing opportunities. And they're saying this, but their their monetary contributions and their financial backing speak otherwise. So it's confusing, and not all conservation groups are like others. Some tout conservation, but again, their their interests and trust funds speak otherwise. So I want to talk about a really good piece that actually kind of contextualizes this really well, and it is a piece by a Virginia conservationist and. I know he wants to maintain anonymity, so I'm going to at least include his blog post. You can figure out who he is if you want to, but he has a really great piece. He's here in Virginia, and we've, we've chat, we chat here and there a lot about the inner workings of conservation groups, and he wrote this really great piece about picking and choosing conservation groups entitled, You Must Choose, But Choose Wisely. So in this piece, this guy, he has a, a long storied history working in conservation-minded nonprofit organizations, and he lists three ways to determine if a group is deserving of your financial backing. And the first group or the first entity that he lists is Charity Navigator. So he says Charity Navigator is a great place to start. They are a very straight shooting group that grades nonprofits on a set of very unbiased categories, including first, Temps exact status. Second, operating and administration expenses. Third, financial health. Fourth, fundraising expenses. Fifth, accountability, transparency, and more. He lists organizations like Sportsman's Alliance work very hard to score four stars through Charity Navigator, and that is very that is generally a very good sign, at least as far as how well-run the organization might be. Most well-run organizations like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and the National Wild Turkey Federation end up with three stars simply due to administrative and fundraising expense calculations, a function of size and complexity. Any organization below three stars ought to raise questions. And he says one exception to the rule would be the organization, which is here in Washington, D.C. area, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, He says that had an incredibly broad base of financial supporters across a wide array of business sectors and the administrative complexity of dealing with those myriad interests can diminish their rating. He writes that they are an exception as most other groups have far more narrow funding bases. However, he notes not all organizations are rated and anything that 
is below a three star, he says, bearing that exception of this, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. You should have a high degree of skepticism because third party validation is not there. The second thing that he notes you should look into is examining an organization's IRS form 990 or annual report. And he writes, the form 990 is akin to the organization's 1040. So if you guys file taxes, you very much know if you have a nonprofit, what these types of files entail. And he adds, they must file it every year with the IRS to keep their status current and it must be made public. Revenue and expenses must be declared and verified with certain reporting requirements. Where it gets tricky is to what the organizations declare. Federal privacy laws allow individuals to request their personal information to be redacted on the organization's 990 form, and that is almost always the case. When it comes to corporations or foundations that donate to organizations, however, it is up to the organization whether they report that donor or not. Almost none of them do. They all redact or restrict their funding sources. Generally, the less open and transparent an organization is with where they get their money, the more alarm bells should sound. This individual notes a third point. If you're confused, if they don't have a chair height or three or more star ch- charity navigator award, if their IRS forms, 990 forms are unclear, the third thing you want to do is examine foundation money. And where I'm going to insert my opinion here for this is you have to look to see if the foundation money that is being poured into certain conservation groups support very anti-hunting interests. Are they supporting radical environmentalist groups with preservationist attitudes over truly conservationist attitudes that are opposed to recreational hunting and fishing? Are they supporting extreme animal rights groups like PETA, the Humane Society, and others that preach animal rights but don't necessarily, that do not, I should say, promote animal welfare, which is what you want to support over animal rights? And if you're unsure or if you see red flags with that foundation money, then you know you have a problem with that group. So you guys can easily research the various conservation groups and see who's funding them, how their charity rating is, uh, their tax filings, and to see who is funding them from greater foundations. And also, if an organization is getting most of their earnings from foundation money, despite claiming to have grassroots support, that's also another red flag you want to be aware of. Be careful reading between the lines of certain conservation organizations and what they preach. It's all out there. It's all easy for you to see. You can determine what you want to support or what type of cause you want to support. It's all there. I don't have to tell you to pick and choose which organizations to support, but those three factors should be in the back of your mind when you're deliberating whether or not to support or join an organization. That article contextualized my thoughts on the issue and I think a lot of your thoughts on the issue. So let me know if you have any questions and if you want to see that article, I'm going to include it in the show notes. Like the aforementioned groups listed in that article, including Sportsman's Alliance, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and National Wild Turkey Federation, all of which are very good organizations, the latter of which I do hold membership. I think those are good examples of groups to support. Another group to support, if you even if you don't go duck hunting, would be Ducks Unlimited or Delta Waterfall. I belong to my local chapter of Ducks Unlimited, and they say and they tout on their website and every correspondence written or printed otherwise that they spend about 80% of funding from donations to bolster habitat and wildlife restoration efforts with respect to wetlands conservation. That's a really good indicator. Safari Club International is really good. 
There are countless other organizations related to hunting uh, for, for particular groups, for species. You can find them very easily readable. Uh, gun rights organizations like NRA is good. I know National Rifle Association is controversial, but they represent their members. They're not some existential entity like a Russian oligarch or some preposterous person like that. NRA is rooted in its members. Beware of some correspondence you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of direct mail, but it is a worthy group to be a part of. Another group is National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is solid. They do a lot with hunting and shooting sports, and they are the voice of the firearms trade industry. And for people in media like me, and if you're interested, uh, you can join for $25. You get a lot of great stuff, and it's the same group that does SHOT Show every year. So they're equally worthy uh, in terms of fishing, there's Project Healing Waters, Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation, American Sport Fishing Association. They're all solid. They're not really membership-based organizations. ASA is. Uh, if you want to join that, you can. But the others are more so nonprofits doing a lot of NGO-type work. There are uh, countless that are like that, too. But they're also really good. And Raise Them Outdoors with my friend Aaron Crooks is a, also another group you should consider supporting. There are lots of local NGOs that do a lot of good stuff like Aaron's in Virginia. If you have a more vested interest in supporting big game species, again, SCI is very good, but also Western Bear Foundation of which Joe Condilas, who I also interviewed much like Aaron on the podcast, runs and heads up. They do a lot of critical work to reduce human bear conflicts. And there are many groups like that, regardless if you hunt small game fish, sport fishing, saltwater, recreational. There's so many groups out there and do your research. Uh, you can see what groups speak clearly to our interests. Don't cave on critical issues and our values and also support the economy and support the ever burgeoning industries, hunting, fishing, shooting sports uh, from there. Thank you guys for listening to that episode. I hope you found it to be informative if you like what you're hearing, make sure you follow us on social media. You can check out every past episode, this one, the preceding 12 episodes on anchor.fm slash district dash of dash conservation. You can find all of our past episodes there. Please download us on iTunes, Google Play, and other supporting platforms. Again, you can use anchor.fm to find the supporting portals where we have this podcast on. It's pretty easy to find us. And if you really like what you're hearing or if you're even dissatisfied, I don't care how you feel, but if you're via feelings one way or another, as long as you're not <laughs> hateful or inciting violence, uh, please leave a review, subscribe to us, share the podcast to your friends, your family members, those who may be interested in the topics, and we'll continue to spout off on important policy measures, updates, storytelling, ventures, and guests. I'm going to have more guests, hopefully, in the coming weeks. For you guys, maybe I'll bring back Alan on to talk more about the Modern Fish Act because I've heard a lot of requests for that. But thank you again, and make sure you spread the good word of District of Conservation. Happy hunting and fishing, everyone.